Hello and welcome to the Pod of the Damned. I'm your host Ian and joining me as always is my co-host Nico. How's it going buddy? I'm good, how are you? I'm, I'm, I'm good now. <laughs> Finally fucking got there. Um, for anyone who's listening to this, anyone who was hoping to tune in to watch this one live, we do apologise, but uh, what, what were we putting into? Internet. Internet issues. Those fucking internet providers. Yeah, they're they're still doing fibre around here. It's a fucking bollock. And unfortunately, me and you, as we were just saying there, we're sort of getting the worst of it because we were like the first ones done. Yep. So, it's a bit shit. But anyways, we're here. It's audio only this week, but the podcast is back. We took a week off. Well, I took a week off last week, which means the podcast took a week. I just, I've, you know what? And I'm finally glad that we're doing this because I feel bad. I feel, can is it possible to feel bad for a movie? Because I feel bad for this movie because we've postponed this now like nine times. And last week it was supposed to finally get done and I had to postpone it another week. We're finally doing it. It's episode number 85. We're talking all about Knock at the Cabin. Yeah, and it's like uh, every time I've postponed it, I've rewatched it. I have watched this so much fucking times now. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's it's gonna affect my score. That's how bad it is. Oh, is it? Oh dear, it's not in a good way then. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've watched about. I think I've watched about ten times. It only fucking came out a couple of months ago. You know uh, what I mean? I've 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 watched it once. <laughs> So I think we'll maybe have slightly different perspectives. But anyways, we are a horror podcast that deep dives into a different topic every single week in our quest to create a leaderboard of the best and worst horror movies of all time. As I said, this is episode number 85. We're talking all about Knock at the Cabin. If you would like to support us across our social media platforms, you can do so. We're on Twitter. Oh no, I can't say Twitter anymore. See, I need to change that up. It's not Twitter anymore. Yeah, what if I get X? Yes, uh, if you would like to support us across our social media, you can do so on X at Damned Podcast. That just doesn't sound right. I'm going to fuck that up for so many episodes. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Pod of the Damned. Yep. You can email us at podofthedamned at gmail.com or you can subscribe to us on Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash pod of the damned. Uh, also, if you would like to, you can go and rate and review us uh, on Apple, Spotify, pretty much wherever you can get your podcast. So we are currently running a competition at the moment throughout August. All you have to do is give us a, a review. It doesn't even have to be a good fucking review. Just go on to any podcast platform, give us a review, take a screenshot and post it to the threads on our social media, which I will be reposting again over the course of the next sort of 10 days. And you could be in with a chance to win one of a couple of prizes. I think the prizes that I put up are an Evil Dead t-shirt or a what was the other one I put up? Uh, I can't remember. It that. was a pop vinyl, but I can't remember what it was. A pop vinyl of you said it looked good. I know because I don't even like pop vinyls, and I'm trying to remember what it was now. <laughs> that's kind of me. I've got a feeling it's like a Pennywise pop vinyl or something. Is it really bad that I can't? I can't even remember our own competition. Because <laughs> you keep postponing stuff. <laughs> postpone the competition. Oh, I'm quickly scrolling. Bad, scroll- bad Ian. Bad Ian. <laughs> I'm quickly scrolling. It's a gizmo pop vinyl. That'll be why I fucking loved it then. It's a gizmo pop vinyl. So you could be in the chance to win one of those two prizes. Um, the giveaway is open to uh, people in the UK, people in the US as well. So don't worry about that. Um, just yeah, yeah. Give us those. 
preferably five-star reviews, screenshot them and post them to the links that, again, will be getting posted across those social medias in the coming week. And you could be in with a chance to win one of those. We will reveal the winners live on stream. I'll do a, a random wheel generator thing, and we'll we'll pick two winners live on stream uh, at the start of September, and then we'll get them... Uh, I think uh, I think I've put down Sunday the third of September because that's when we'll do broadcast. Anyways, I'm rambling on now. Um, shall we just talk about this movie, Nico? Because I feel like, given that you've now seen it ten times, <laughs> you might have a few things to talk about. It's it's a very interesting one. This one. it is a very interesting one. Right, we're going to do it. We're talking all about Knock at the Cabin. <laughs> Are we gonna sing along? Yes, I of course! I wanna put on my, 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 my boogie shoes. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wanna put on my, 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 my boogie Facebook, I'm getting messages. <laughs> That's it in the broadcast. Hold on, who the fuck is that? Oh, you know who I. This is a blame. So if you're listening to that and you can hear my uh, Facebook messages pop through, blame Candy from House That Screams podcast because I'm a part of one of their group chats and it literally never fucking stops. Um, how I need to mute it. <laughs> I can't mute. Facebook because that's what we're talking on. So I just need to try and mute this one chat, which suddenly is not giving me an option to do so. Uh, so, well, yeah, this is a 
Hopefully everyone is enjoying this little sort of sidebar that we're taking. <laughs> Here we go. I'll mute you for uh, I'll mute you for a while. Oh, there it goes again. Right. Um, we're talking all about knock at the cabin. <laughs> this movie. Are you okay there? Do you no. need a moment? No, it's fine. We'll carry on. We are, if nothing. I mean, us being a bit shit and raw and unedited is kind of our thing, right? <laughs> It feels weird not being on camera. I felt weird to start and being on camera. This feels weird not being I on know, camera. I know, right? It is so bizarre because I feel like people can... I want... I, I know. Uh, I'm also on my second rum of the day or of the afternoon, so um, just in case. I'm, a, I'm off it. Are you off it? Was, there a lot, was you a bit hungover the I'm, last time? Oh, I felt like fucking death last time. Honestly... Last week, so um, last weekend, I was out for a couple of drinks uh, on Friday. Um, on Friday, I was on the absinthe and everything. Woke up on the Saturday to work. Was absolutely fine. On the Sunday, had like three drinks in the house. Woke up on the Monday. It was hanging out my arse. Anywho. Uh, <laughs> anyways, right. Brilliant. That's. Uh, <laughs> If you're f- new to Pod of the Damned and this is the first episode you've chosen to listen to, th- th- they're all like this. <laughs> this Except mo- you can see our faces. That's the only difference. Except you can see our faces sometimes, yeah. This movie was released in... Occasionally t- my thoughts are. Yes. I mean, occasionally. <laughs> That's every episode. Oh no, I'm sorry. Right. Oh. This movie... Right. <laughs> This movie was released in 2023, was directed by M. Night Shyamalan, and stars Dave Bautista, Jonathan Groff, and Ben Aldridge. The IMDb plot is as follows. While vacationing, a girl and her parents are taken hostage by armed strangers who demand that the family make a choice to avert the apocalypse. Now, Nico, obviously, we always do this. It's time for you to make your prediction. You know roughly where everything is in our leaderboard. I think this is quite a tricky one, to be honest. Where do you think Knock at the Cabin is going to fall on the leaderboard? See, it, it's going to be massive with the critics, but I know they changed the ending, so I don't know how well it went with fans. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go for like a 7.8. A 7.8. So if it scores a 7.8, that would put it in around 20th place. It would have the same score as X, They Live, Host, and the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. Round about there. Okay. Well, we will see if you're right uh, at the end of the episode. So we should probably get into some... This is your choice of movie as well this week. Why Why did you choose Knock at the Cabin? Well, I chose it because both of us hadn't seen it and liked it. But it basically sounded it was good, basically. So I picked it because we both hadn't watched it yet, basically. Yeah, I think it was also during that phase as well where we were like, right, let's do like a whole bunch of like new releases and films that have come out pretty recently. Um, yeah. So it definitely sort of fit the bill for that. Um, we, I know we talked about it briefly, or in depth, sorry, when we were uh, doing our They Live episode, so I don't want to go into it too much, but we will just mention it and maybe just quickly discuss it again here today. Batista, right? He... He yeah. is the greatest wrestler turned actor 
of all time, right? He's he's definitely up there. He doesn't make as much money as the others, but at least he can fucking act. Uh, he, right, you're absolutely spot because The Rock. I mean, I'm not sure if he is like in this year or the past couple. Of years. At one point, anyway, he was the highest earning actor of all time. Right, he was like making more money than anyone else. But the thing is, yeah, Batista picks his roles. I feel very differently to Dwayne Johnson does. Dane Johnson gets himself involved in massive franchises like uh, the Fast franchise and and stuff like that, and that's how he makes money. The, you, the Rock, he, the rock, the rock ma- just plays the Rock is the, the easy way. Yeah, and he and he does it in what I would consider to be not particularly good films, but films that will make a shitload of money. Whereas Batista, yeah, it's like sorry. Well, he's the Rock has. It's a famous fucking thing on. I think it was Facebook. I saw it on, and there's four different pictures from four different films of the Rock. Yeah. And he's wearing the exact same thing, playing pretty much the exact same character. Yeah. Now, which I'm not says a lot. I'm not sitting here though and saying that the Rock's a bad actor because I think he has he has done a couple of roles that are slightly different, and you know, but. You know, by and large, those are the sort of roles he's chosen to be in. He's chosen to be in this big action movies. You know, now don't get me wrong, Batista, he has that as well with the Guardians of the Galaxy and the Avengers franchise. I'm sure yeah. uh, playing Drax made him a shit ton of money. But I think when you look at it as well, you know, he does seem to have just chosen his roles a lot better in terms of being able to sort of stretch his acting chops, if you will. And I think here, Knock at the Cabin is a role that I think would have been really difficult for um, the majority of actors to portray because he's this sort of giant, hulking, like, really intimidating presence. But there's just something about Batista as well that even if he's playing the villain, there's just something really likeable about him, isn't there? But he's not really the villain, though. No, I, That's oh, no, the no, I'm not, part I'm, about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not specifically talking about Knock at the Cabin. I'm just saying in, in sort of all of his roles in general. Oh, yeah, because like, he was one of the better Bond villains. And he barely said fuck all in that. He was very intimidating. I think he that. said and one then... word. Did he, only not, did he not only say one word in, in Bond? I think so. I'm trying to remember now. Wasn't it just but, as he yeah, was about to die and he realised it and he was like, Merd. Uh, yeah. And then you've got him in, like, what's it called? The Knives Out sequel. Yeah, uh, gl- a Glass Onion. Yeah, he's in that, and he's fucking brilliant in that. He's great in that. He's probably one of the best characters in that. And like I say, you've also got him in Blade Runner 2049. You've got him in uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise. He already has 99 acting credits to his name. Uh, and he's he's linked to some big franchises now as well, because you've got he's linked to Dune, mm-hmm. so all the Dune stuff he'll be in, uh, Army of the Dead, that's mm-hmm. going to be having fucking heaps of stuff to do with that because they've already done the Thieves one, yeah, Ar- Army of Thieves, and he's going to be in the next one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's going to be very very interesting to see where his career goes because he's a very good actor. He's a. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Like he is an incredible actor, and it just and it just sort of surpasses anything. I think, 
I think John Cena is becoming a very, very good actor as well, who's choosing his roles more smartly in terms of stretching his acting chops than, than The Rock. But I don't think he's on the level. You've also got Batista's in the, the What We Do in the Shadows TV series. He popped up in that. Um, if you look at just some other sort of independent projects he's done, he was in things like Hotel Artemis, he was in Room 104, you said Army of the Dead, obviously in Dune. Um, you know, so he's he's done tons of stuff. Now, was I can't remember if I read that correctly. It was Batista, though, who says he didn't want to play Drax anymore. So we're not going to see more of him, at least in the immediate future, in terms of the Avengers. He said he liked playing it, but he thinks it's run its course, which I'm gutted at because I like the drops. No, 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 I, I absolutely agree, but I also think that's a really smart thing to do, isn't it? You always want to leave people wanting more. You don't want to go and make another three movies of them and then have it be like, oh, right, okay, enough, we get it, sort of thing. Aye, but it's, it's Avengers Assemble. He's, he, he's not killed off, is he? No, no, and you know, obviously, you know, spoilers for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. He he survives that as well. Yeah, spoiler alert. Sorry, I should have said that first. Oh, for fuck's sake! You, you you don't want to upset the Marvel fans. <laughs> oh come on, we can upset horror fans on here because in general we're very nice people. But you don't want to upset the Marvel fans, please. But yeah, the thing I'm. I'm not going to lie, the thing I'm most looking forward to about him in it is going to be the Army of the Dead. Yeah. I can't remember, I can't remember what the next one's going to be called. Army of the Dead, but Lost Vegas. Lost Vegas, is it? Yeah. God, that sounds so fucking cheesy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then obviously he's going to be in Dune Part 2 as well. He's got seven different upcoming projects. He's a very busy man. He's got f apparently four more things that are going to be coming out this year. Um, so, like, but be prepared, because Batista's going to be everywhere. If you don't think he's been everywhere already, he's about to be. And... because uh, oh, I think June's out this year, is it? Yes. Yeah. And all of that combined, um, you know, he could always go back to the WWE. Yeah, last time he went back, he went back as a villain, and he played it very, very well. Yeah. Just, <laughs> like they they just, were trying to make him a, a fucking face, and he was like, nah, I'm a heel. Yeah, he was like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm a heel. He was like, just give me what, just give me what I want. Yeah, just, just, was just, brilliant. Give him, just give him what he wants. Anyways, um, so yeah, um, and and then so obviously you know after us discussing sort of Batista's wider career there, we have him here in Knock at the Cabin, and as I say, he's playing this sort of big intimidating character, but he's playing a high school teacher, and there's something just so innately unlikable about them, and the way I don't know. He just seems to be able to deliver lines in this really sort of matter-of-fact way that seems like there's not a lot of emotion behind it, but there's tons of it. Like, I don't... There's something I just think that's quite unique about his acting style. Aye, so in this movie, right, the way he's doing it, he's delivering it like... It's it's like he's trying to calm them down when he's shitting a brick himself. Yeah. That's the only way of describing the way he's delivering his lines, which fits perfectly for the character. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's like he, he knows what this character would be going through, and I think that's brilliant. 
It is. It's absolutely fantastic because they show the different sort of ranges. Like they have that initial scene where you know he's at the front door and they won't want to let him in. They're peeking out the windows and they just turn to each other and be like, "This guy's fucking huge." Could you imagine, Nico, uh, if you if that was you and you peeked out the window at someone that was trying to get into your fucking house and it's fucking someone the size of Batista? You'd be shitting a brick. No, I'd be picking up a bigger blade. You'd be shit. You'd be shitting a brick. Let's Nate. Come on, Nico. I can. I'd, you like I'd to be, pretend that you're the big. I'd you're the be big man. Picking up a bigger fucking blade. Is I can the tell you right now. Blades or no blades, Batista will fucking kick your arse. <laughs> Aye, but I'm taking a chunk, wee me. Okay. Um. <laughs> just uh. So are we saying you know just. For some examples, obviously there will be more examples than this, but John Cena, The Rock, Roddy Piper, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, you've got Sheamus, Triple H, Randy Orton, The Miz, Jesse Ventura. Is Batista better than all of them? Yes. I agree, Nico. Look, we agree on things. Like, in order, in order, I would put Batista, mm-hmm. Piper, Cena. I, you see, I just don't. I, I, I love They Live, but I just don't think that Roddy Piper's that good an actor. <laughs> I think he's brilliant. I would put Batista... Who did you put third? Cena. Yeah, uh, Cena. Yeah, I would put Cena second. I don't know who So I'm who's third then? I don't know. Probably Jesse Ventura, just for Predator. Mm, I can see that. Okay. Anyways, right, moving Very on. Very deeper than a Mississippi tick. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, uh, moving on, let's, let's talk about some of this movie anyway, because one of the things I like about this film is it just, throughout the entire thing, it's got this, like, really weird sort of tense presence through it. Like, I'm watching it, obviously I watched it for the first time, as a viewer, and I'm like, I'm not, number one, I'm not really sure what's actually going on, I'm not sure whether or not to believe our four villains, and I'm using uh, air quotes for villains, because I don't really feel like there is a villain in this movie, which is something else that we could maybe talk about, and, but like, there's just this sort of, you know, you're just, a bit uneasy about everything you know you've got like you say batista playing in that sort of trying to calm everyone down kind of role but then you've got the other three members of the the four horsemen who are you know angry and scared and crying and everything else and then you've got our 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 victims who are scared and crying but there's just this sort of weird thing that goes on throughout the entirety that you know they've they've captured them they've tied them up but they don't because they're actually not villains, they obviously don't tie up the little girl when, so she's just sort of running about. And then even at the end of the film, when the victims get the upper hand and they've got the gun, Batista's also just allowed to sort of go about and do his thing. You know, he he he's like gets rid of one of the bodies while they're just like holding it. You know what I mean? Like it's just bizarre. But for for me, it works. It totally works in this movie. That's understandable, right? I've watched this a lot more than you, but but, but I guarantee that. Uh, but like, it works because you think about it. These are the four horsemen. They're delivering the fucking everything that's fucking happening. They yeah. know that it's not that. Like, it's the bit where she she gets shot at, 
when she's next to the war, you know what I mean? Yeah. She knows she's not going to die then. She barely flinches. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, fuck, he shot at me. So it's that sort of thing. You know, they know what's coming. They've seen it coming. They've yeah. It's been foretold to them. So it's that whole thing in the human psyche. Well, if you know your future's set, you're immortal till that point. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. It, it does. You know, it's a good point you, you, you raise, um, actually. It's one that I hadn't really thought about, to be honest. But but in terms of just like a visual aspect to us as the viewer, it, it, it's a very odd thing to see because obviously th- that's not how things generally go. So it's... Mm. Um, but you also have like, again, like it is to me the biggest plus point in this movie is this just really sort of weird, tense, tense feeling. I wouldn't say there's anything like... Like there's this isn't a scary movie, you know, this isn't... There will definitely be people out there who try to claim that this isn't a horror film, right? Yeah. Like it's that kind of film. It's not a scary film. But there's just this uneasy feeling throughout it all. And part of that as well, I think, if you break it down to the characters, the fact that Leonard, who played by Batista, is so polite throughout mm-hmm. this entire movie. Like, he is, like, so polite. That that makes you feel really uneasy you've got this like cold opening scene where wen's out catching grasshoppers and she's approached by batista by leonard and he's so polite to her Uh. but you can also tell with the way he's talking that there's something else and then we see the other three members of the four horsemen sort of coming out of the woods we don't really know what they're like so at this point i'm wondering you know is this just them trying to lure them into a false sense of security before all sort of hell's gonna break loose and then as it just sort of it just sort of carries on and carries on then you've got this character redmond played by rupert grint of all people um he's the cunt in the movie but he's even then he's not really I think, like, given the circumstances, his whole attitude... I mean, yes, he's a cunt for uh, punching one of them, like, years pre- prior, right? But in terms of the actual invasion... He bottles him. He bottles him for being gay. Oh, yeah, that's he, he does bottle We don't know it's for being gay. It blatantly is. Well, I mean... The, the, he the, walks the... over... He walks over, says to them... What is it he says again? Uh, me he and my did. friends are trying to have a... a drink and it's no, not like they're being no, 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 loud right the couple he, behind them no he literally turned he, all he literally said was keep it down i know he said he does say me and my friends are having a drink like he does say that to them and you're like well this is obviously a guy that's been like fucking egged on to be a fucking dickhead yeah and then he co- walks away comes back and bottles him there's, there's barely anything fucking said in that scene. It's fucking mental. I think, as well, it's, it's something that we should probably address because this movie does kind of have some social commentary about discrimination against, you know, gay couples. And it's something yeah. I can very... It's something I think, if you're particularly right-leaning, if you're, if, you know, I think this movie is going to really irritate you because it's one of the things... And it's not really relevant because it's not why the things are happening. But the couple multiple times in this movie jump to the conclusion that you're doing this to us because we're gay. Yeah, I like that. No, no, no. I like the whole... That's what I'm saying. I I like that aspect because I think it's a good call. Because 
listen, I I do think, right, that there is potentially some occasions, and it's not just gay people, it's people of any sort of other other status that can be perceived to be discriminated against. Sometimes, just like everyone else, they're probably a little quick in certain occasions to jump to that conclusion, right? Yes. So it's a good social commentary on we, that. We, How, we all know cards that come out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when, when, and, but in this sense, but you can absolutely see why they would do that as well. Yeah. It's, you, it's, can, it's, you can see why they think that in this, but that's what I'm saying. I like they use that in this. I no. like the fact that they turn it on its head. Yeah. Which a lot of movies are terrified to do. Yeah, 100%. Because they're, told... they're like, oh, you're, you're only doing this to torture us. That's one of the things they say. They, they say stuff like that, you know. Yeah. And it's it's weird how Rupert's character is the first one to die. Because uh-huh. if he was alive longer, it would have made it easier to convince them. You think? Yeah, because he's the one that attacked them earlier. And he, he would be like, fucking, I genuinely do hate your lifestyle and everything. That's not why I'm doing this, though. I think I, that's how it would have fucking went down with that. Yeah, no, I th- I don't think it would have convinced them to to go ahead with saving the world any quicker though, because I think all that would have done, excuse me, all that would have done is convince them even more that this is not to save the world, and in fact, this is just a hate crime. Well, I think the fact is that he hates them that much, and he kills himself in front of them, and it's done so quickly that he hasn't even explained why he's doing it properly. But I don't think I. But this is what I'm saying, right? And this is where we are. Uh, this is where the sort of social commentary comes in on it, because this is where we are as a society, right? The society right now is so polarized. You know, you have your, you know, and I, I'm being ve- I am being very binary about this. You have your left and you have your right. You have your conservatives and your liberals. And they are so polarised that... But this is the thing. That's not no, no, true, that, right? That's no, 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 what the government wants you to do. No, 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 stop. So, let, let, me, let me make my point first, and then I'll let you come in. They're right. so polarised, right, that it doesn't matter what explanation either side gives. It just doesn't matter, because they're so far apart. There is no fundamental middle ground, where even if one on the other side makes a valid point it really doesn't matter because at this point they're just the enemy that's where we are as a society now whether you agree with that whether you think that's right or that's wrong that's how i read it and i think the longer that uh, redmond rupert grint would have went on in this movie i don't think he could have given them any explanation that would have convinced them that that the world was going to end, that he wasn't doing this because they were gay, that he was doing this to save the world because they have that opposite polarizing view of him. So I think killing him first was actually a very smart move because I think if you'd had him continue on, then the, the story wouldn't have worked. So here's the thing. Nowadays, politics is, it's the lowest votes that go in nowadays for decades the reason for that the world over is because of the polarization of politics Mm -hmm. the people that are in the middle are the ones that are always getting left out the people that have 
multiple views and actually half half a brain cell and don't follow the fucking stupid cuts that are extreme left or extreme right are the ones that have lost their voice yeah they're doing that in the media they're doing that in politics to make it easy to control people yeah the the free thinking people whether you're left or right always have views that agree with the other side yeah and, and that's the... the people that have lost their voice and in politics nowadays you're you're winning elections with a, a turnout of about fucking 30 40 percent when yeah. back in the day you were struggling to even get that as a vote yeah and the thing is as well right you're you know there is no place for the middle ground anymore there is like you could be someone i like, listen i consider myself to be a liberal i consider myself to be left-leaning i am you know pro-gay rights, pro-LGBTQ rights, pro-trans rights, pro, you know, you know, all those sorts of things, you know, um, but there is no room for middle ground anymore, there, it, it is, it is very much just a case that you cannot be sympathetic to anything that's, if you are a left-leaning person and you want to be accepted by that side of society, you, and I'm not, and this, listen, if you're listening to this, this is a massive generalization that I'm making, so please don't take this as sort of gospel personal attacks on people because that's not the case. But in the general sort of, I wouldn't say in an individual thing. I think it's more. I think it's more of a social media thing, isn't it? That if you sympathise with it's, anything, it's politics. If you sympathise as well that with anything that's right leaning as a left leaning person, you will be shunned by that, and this and vice versa. If you sympathise with anything left leaning, if you're a right, you know, you know what I mean. So there just is no yeah. room for this middle ground anymore. And I genuinely don't know as a society how we get back there because if someone in politics could hit that middle ground, they would be unstoppable. Yeah, but this is the thing. You say that, you get shunned by it. That's eradicating people's free thought. That's what the politicians want to do. Oh, yeah, they I'm, want I'm not... to keep it a two-horse race. Oh, You're falling out the trap of that. Hmm. It, you can have the best idea in the world, and you have to have everyone agree on it. Yeah. That's the problem, right? Whilst if you've got the control and margin, and you have a fucking stupid idea and run with it, you're sorted. Yeah. It, it is the polarising effect of politics nowadays. And the reason that polarising effect is, plain and simple, you've got your media on TV, your social media, everything is gearing it towards that. Mm -hmm. Like, you know where I stand on gay rights and all that stuff. I'm fine, fucking dandy, but the, I don't believe you should teach it in primary schools. I do agree with that. I believe that you should have fucking any kind of marriage you want, whatever makes you happy, as long as you're not hurting somebody, go for it. But that's, people would say, just because I've said that, I'm right. There's no fucking way I'm right. I voted <laughs> Labour all through my fucking life, you know what I mean? I've just seen the podcast Life flash before my eyes. <laughs> Why? Uh, but, no, I'm joking. <laughs> the, that's the thing, right? People, people would say, just because I don't believe you should teach stuff like that in primary school. Secondary school, I fine, go for it. Teach it as much as you want. But I don't think you should be forcing any agenda whether it be religious whether it be about sexuality and, whether and this, it be about anything at all until 
you have your mind. But the problem made. is, right, and this is where me and you will disagree on this, because I, I don't believe that teaching kids about gay people, teaching kids about homosexuality and you know civil and and marriage you know civil partnerships and marriages and all that i don't believe that's an agenda and i believe what's i and again but this this is where you no, know but that's what i'm saying see here's what here's what you've taken out of context with that i'm, I'm not saying just gay rights i'm i'm saying sexualization before secondary school but no no let me finish so like, no 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 because i didn't finish my point no, but, but I'm meaning you picked up on the gay part. I'm no, saying I mean any, I, like I, any. Let me finish my point. Not gay, not straight, not fuck all. Okay, I did not get to finish my point. <laughs> um, Go ahead, finish. Well, no, because my point is you're saying I'm just picking up on the gay part. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I'm using that as the example. But it's okay for us to teach about hetero relationships. Then that's also no. the sexualization of that. I believe that all of them should be taught as equals, not just because not just about oh, you know, it's a man and a woman. I'm saying the same thing, but I'm saying it shouldn't be in primary school. Why not? Because you're not se- you don't simple, have to right? se- you don't have to sexualize it. No, but here's the thing, right? Kids' minds are easily malleable at that time. Parents nowadays Do you not think that's a better time to input the the, the, the thoughts of equality and, you know, like loving everyone for their personalities and not because of the fact that they're straight or gay or whatever they choose to be or if they're non-binary or if they're trans or any of those sorts of issues as well? Is that not the best time to teach... That will we not have a better society for teaching that because everyone just has learned to be accepting and loving? Well, no, this is the point of that, right? So you get taught everything in school at that age. First thing they'll do is go home and tell their parents it, and the parent will be like, "Yeah, that's right," or "Yeah, that's wrong," and that emphasizes the polarization of what will happen. Yeah, but that's not well, on the schools. Well, that's then on the parents. Exactly, but the the parents will deal with it because of the schools, which forces them to fucking basically polarise themselves at that age, which is not the right way of doing it. If you're not teaching it at that point, they don't have that conversation with their parent. It's up to their parent if they want to do that. It's in secondary schools where you'll win hearts and minds. But, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, you're right. It's up to the parents to do that. But I'm sorry. Like, if I lived... and. If, if my parents were if i if i had parents who were you know um had an existence that was born out of hatred for gay people and hatred for trans people and hatred for people of other races and creeds and genders and religions and things like that i wouldn't want a relationship with them that's understandable so i think it's good to challenge that see it's challenging it at the right time is what I'm saying. I'm saying I understand. No, 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 no. I totally, listen, I, 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 I totally get what you're saying, right? I understand that there's maybe a, there's maybe a time and a place, right? And the, the, and this is where the conversation becomes cloudy. This is where it becomes, you know, it's not just a there is one right answer, there is one wrong answer sort of problem. And this is and and you know me and you having this discussion is 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 what's missing from society sometimes because exactly. there isn't the ability to have that middle ground where we have a relatively civil conversation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know the problem I think for me is with with 
what you're saying is right you're obviously saying like look this should be something that's taught maybe when kids are older maybe in like early teens right i'm not uh, sitting here saying you know we need to teach these kids the moment they step into primary school when they're fucking five years old because you know that's you know I don't, I, that's not what like I, I i believe we should be teaching kids about loving everyone as equals and everything is right and you know there is no wrong way to live your life etc 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 the problem is then becomes each child is an individual case and each child will be ready for that conversation at a different time some will be ready for that you know earlier some will be ready for that later so so where where do you draw the line where do well, you say this? normally when this comes in it's it's normally just before puberty it should come in so it should be around about that time it should be where you are making up your mind about the way you are You've Listen, got to realise, like, when they, when they put a heap of babies that have never seen any other colour of skin in a room, all those kids get on, right? But the difference in factor in it is when somebody polarises their feelings onto that child. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm saying it'll avoid. Listen, when I was going into this movie, I genuinely didn't think we were going to be having this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what this movie does, though. But this is what I'm saying about it, and this is also why like this, I find this movie to be so effective and so good. I do, th I, there will definitely be a ton of people out there who are just like, oh, this is just some gay propaganda bullshit, right? But then they're latching onto the wrong part of what it's oh, actually I'm not, putting out. I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying you are. I'm not saying yeah. you are. I'm saying they will be doing that. And listen... I think as well, you know, if anything, I, th I think what this conversation we've had is, we've discussion we've just had as well is, look, talking about this stuff and putting about this stuff in movies and talking about it in podcasts, it is a fucking massive minefield, right? Because yeah. you do need to make sure that you're saying the right things and not, you know, saying the wrong things and... It, 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 it is difficult, but I think, if anything, that we've proven that we're able to have that conversation without, you know, resulting to slinging insults and gay slurs and racial slurs and all those other things that just see... I don't understand how people can have all of these fucking conversations and arguments and debates about these things, but it always descends into the same thing where it ends up with someone fucking calling someone else a fucking racial slur or a gay slur or a you know, a, dis a disabled, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I just don't understand how, even if you fundamentally agree, disagree with someone, right? And listen, obviously, you know, you consider yourself to be a, a, a liberal left-leaning person. I consider myself to be a liberal left-leaning person. So maybe, maybe we are a bad example of it. I don't know. But we've just had a fundamental disagreement about something that's not resulted in any sort of major row and it's actually shocking nico because we're us rowing is what this podcast is known for and I here know. we've just had an actual debate where it's probably the most civilized we've actually been to each other and it's, and it's one of the most sensitive issues of the world nowadays as well how the fuck does that work <laughs> <laughs> oh pod of the damned is coming to a news channel near you very um, See, that's the thing, they'd avoid it like it played because it didn't end up with somebody saying somebody was wrong. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, listen, if you're, I, I wonder if someone out there will probably clip, you know, a portion of what one of us has just said and, you know, like, 
that's just the way of the world isn't it um anyways yeah. what's really telling is we've now been on this episode for about 40 minutes and we've really only t- i've only t- barely talked about the movie i've ticked like three things off the list of stuff that i want to talk about and there's loads of other stuff i want to talk about so i want to talk about well there's a couple of little things that kind of bother me in this movie that maybe is like so in it's kind of a horror trope at this point isn't it that you know oh we don't get cell signal blah 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 right hello shira hello <laughs> she she just ran up to me and yawned to my face. Is it Sheila? <laughs> yeah, it is. She literally just ran up and went, I'm tired. <laughs> uh, is, is, it, is it bad that I can tell which cart it is down the end of the other mic just by their meow? <laughs> well, I, I can't blame you because she was about an inch away from my face. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I've always been of the belief that you don't actually need cell service to call the police. No, that's that's bullshit. You definitely need cell service. What? What am I? You, think, what you can I... have you can have a lower cell service. There, there's like the lowest bandwidth you've got will be assigned to emergency calls only. Okay, but you so you you still need to have a signal getting to the mast. Okay, no, no, I just I, I just was confused because I know there's there's certain there's certain scenarios where you can't make phone calls to like other people and all that, but you can still call the police. Is that maybe just when like you haven't paid your bill or something? <laughs> no, no, there's there's basically the lowest form of signal is reserved for emergency calls only. Hold on, hold on. So if you're okay, I was just uh, opening my rum. I like that sound. Uh, okay, so say you're <laughs> out in the Karen Gorms somewhere. And yep. you've got no cell service, but it's saying you can make emergency calls. Well, technically, you do have cell service, but it's just the lowest bandwidth you're right. on. Right, okay. So it, it's like the emergency signal, basically. Right, okay. As you can very, as the you the got, reason that you don't have a signal is so that if somebody else has an emergency, they can get that signal. As, as probably, you know, quite ironically, since we couldn't video record today, I'm fucking useless with shit like this. So... <laughs> um, so yeah. Anyways, okay. Uh, that was just something that I noted down because I kind of it kind of bothered me. Um, one thing as well, like if, I think is if you look at the overall plot of this movie, it is kind of reminiscent a little bit to and in a very different way, a very different way. It is kind of re- reminiscent of a, a movie we've already covered on this podcast. Do you not think it's a little bit Cabin in the Woods esque? Yeah, and like. We've spoke about this with other folk, right? Well, I've spoke about this with other folk. And a lot of folk have said, this feels like they're attached somehow. I don't know. Like, I, there was a moment, right, where Batista was... I keep saying Batista, the character, Leonard, was describing all of the plagues that would happen, right? If And there was this moment where he was like, um, a giant hand or something will shoot up through the earth. Aye. Uh, and that immediately just brought to me that, that closing scene from Cabin in the Woods where the giant hand bursts through the earth. There's a bit to start where it looks like there's a list of how, like, the betting slip. It looks like that. Yeah. And I'm still not... I, I, the amount of times I've watched it, I've always meant to pause it on it and see what it actually says, but it looks like that at the start. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a... There's a lot about it that's very, very similar. Yeah. Um, there was, it was just, that was just a sort of overall observation I made. Um, let's talk about... Let's talk about this sort of whole 
group, right? Right. Let, let, let's let's just say, right, right. Nico, it's me and you in this movie, right? We've we we're we've got a wee adopted child together, right? I know that's a horrific yeah. thought, <laughs> not just for us, but probably for most of our listeners as well. Um, but we're tied up. We've got this group of people who have broken into our house and they're telling us all these things about plagues and they're killing themselves in front of us. Is there a point where you think you would believe them? Well, see, that's the thing. I, I'd be logical enough to demand the proof from the live streams and stuff. So that's the thing, right? They've got internet access, which means they're rooted in that. Mm-hmm. So they can, basically, they could have just went on the internet and made a mercy call that way. Yeah. But they're twat, they're twat to start for that, right? So that, I in would fairness, be, I in would fairness, straight away. In fairness, if I was in that situation, I don't know if I would go, oh, my phone's not working. I know I'll log on and fire off an email to my local sheriff. No, but this is why I'm saying I'd make this, I'd be like, right, if you want me to believe you, point blank, let me on the internet now and let me see if this shit's happening in real time. Yeah, okay. And, I, okay, and I'd, be, I'd be doing it that way. Okay. That's what I would be doing. Okay. I see what you mean. Saying that, it would probably be after the second got top themselves, but you know well, what I mean? That's it. Like, again, and it goes back as well to what we were talking about with the, the sort of constant claims that they're being discriminated against. And other than the sort of initial, you know, <laughs> excuse me, that initial sort of home invasion, they don't touch any of them you know the only time i think is um is it uh andrew when he's trying to escape the sabrina sort of cuts his leg or something so he can't escape that's the only real time other than the initial um invasion that any of them gets hurt they do much more damage to themselves than they do to to the to our captives yep and she hits him in the leg to stop him running and then she's like stabbing him a little bit but not even stabbing him properly it's it to she's go, like, literally come on, just come trying to stop him from like shooting her uh, and from running away he, and that, uh, this is what i like as well because you know we've talked about this quite a lot in the past couple of weeks you know and i think when you go back i think specifically i think when we go back to um becky when we talked about becky you know we talked about that lack of a sympathetic killer. And yeah. this movie goes in the total opposite direction with that, doesn't it? Because we have our four villains, and once again, I'm using the air quotes because they're not actually villains. But we have these suit apart, you would say, from uh, Redmond. But even at a certain point, you kind of feel a little bad for him? Not really, no. No, I don't mean like like obviously he he's made his life choices and they're fucking horrendous and he's definitely the bad one out of this group. Uh, um but there is that sort of moment where he knows he's about to die. He's putting the mask on and he's crying and he's upset and, and Don't look away from me. Yeah, and he's just sort of like in that in that moment I think I I feel a little I feel a little bad for him. Not really. But the rest of them you know, I think when it's, uh, is it Adrian, when it's her turn to die and she's like trying to convince them to make the right answer by telling them she has a child and her child's name and he likes cookies and she's upset. Um, you know, there's just this huge element, I think, of sympathy because none of these four people wanted this. Uh, so yeah. the the basis of this movie is Four people are trying to save the world by giving this couple 
the <laughs> ultimate choice. Sorry, sorry. I just love that we're 48 and a half minutes into the episode and we're now only just telling people the plot of the film. Uh, <laughs> so, so nobody in this, like, no way, shape or form is anybody a villain in this because it is, it is the equivalent of the Four Horsemen trying to say to Damien, please don't kill everyone. Is yeah. basically what this movie is. This is for you, Damien. Pretty much, I. I, I thought I'd put it in horror context. Thanks. And and <laughs> and, and him going, well, fuck yes, well, fuck yes, well, I'm thinking about it, but fuck yes. Well, that, that's the thing I was talking about as well because there's a point in there is a point in this movie where I'm fully on board with our villains. And yeah. there definitely is a point in this movie where you kind of start to get pissed off with our captives because yeah. we know that they're telling the truth at a certain point. There comes a point um, where we're like, we know, right? These guys aren't fu- these guys aren't bullshit, and they're not fucking around. Uh, Don't get me wrong. There was always that like slight doubt in the back of your mind, especially because we've not even come on to this uh, because it's an M Night Shyamalan film. You always expect, uh, don't you, that classic uh, twist. But up until that point, I'm fully on board that these these guys are telling the truth. But the twist in this movie is they change the ending. Yeah. 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 Well, that's, you, that's the only twist that you well, get. Do you want to talk about that? Because I've not got that in my notes. So if you've if you've got info on that, you feel free to go and share it. So the actual ending is the kid dies. And the kid dies, I'm sure it's by accident, but they're fighting over the gun yeah. or something. So they're, f- they're fighting over the gun at the end and they accidentally shoot when? Yeah. Oh, okay. Which basically means... Yeah, which, which basically means they chose her by yeah. accident, yeah. but they still chose her. This is the thing... Because they're pushing it away from each other. Didn't basically. they say in this movie that it has to be a choice, though? They didn't say... Didn't they say that it can't be, like, a mistake? Yeah, or so did the, I just make is, that up? No, no, they're saying it has to be a choice. You have to decide who you're going to kill. And obviously, and in, is, this, but... and obviously in this film, Eric makes that choice. That it's going to be uh, him. Yeah, but then the other one kills him. Yeah. Otherwise it wouldn't work. No, because they can't kill yeah. themselves. They do say as well, you can't kill yourself. Yeah. So it, it's that whole thing where it's like, he is the right choice though, because he's already got a concussion. He's not going to be feeling as bad because he's got a concussion. And to be honest, he is the pussy of the two of them, so he, might as well he's, kill him. He's the only one that um, that does sort of come around, doesn't he, to what the, the horsemen are saying to him. He but, comes around way too quick, I think. I, well, he comes around really, really, he comes around after the first kill, doesn't he? Pretty much you can see him thinking about it. Yeah. So the, he's... And, uh, before she even says she's got a kid, he's already thinking about it. And you're like, really? Yeah. Really? That could just be shit timing, or they've put a USB stick to your TV, or heaps of wires that could do it. That's why I straight away would beat them right on time and let them on a laptop, yeah. let them on a phone, let them on something that is mine that I know you aren't fucked about with. Yeah, because as well, like, there's one point as well where Leonard's, like, saying what the newsreader's going to say, like, a split second before Yeah. Her. And but that is life, and they've proved that that bit is life. Yeah. That's why it affects them so much. Yeah. And um, that just really reminded me of that Doctor Who episode. I don't know if you've seen that one. Is it, uh, um, you know, where he's on, like, the island. And Doctor Who, and you're asking me if I've seen it. I've seen it. <laughs> you know which episode I'm talking about. <laughs> you know which one I'm on about. Right. right. I can't uh, I, I, I Is it the one like... with the videotapes? 
No, 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 no. The one where they're... Oh, what's it called? Is it called Midnight? I think it's called Midnight. Oh, Midnight. Yeah, I know Midnight. Yeah. I, I, I think you're going on about the videotape one where the fucking they do it from the past to save them in the future. I love that. That's the weeping. It, that's the, the weeping same angel. thing happened. That's the weeping angels, uh, Nico. Come on, uh, claim you can. But the same <laughs> thing happens. <laughs> Anywho, um, so there's that moment as well, and I think that something like that's always like a little unsettling as well. There's something about that that's a little unsettling. So, um, yeah, we've we've talked a lot about you know um, Dave Batista's performance in this. We've got Rupert Grint in this fucking film, who, in this film, is probably the second... I, you know what? I wouldn't even say second. Rupert Grint is probably the most famous person in this film, considering, Aye. you know, being such a huge part of the Harry Potter franchise. Um, were you surprised what? that he was, like, the first to go, given sort of the size of the weight his name carries? Not really, because I remember him being interviewed saying he's Yoyaks now just to, like enjoy himself now yeah because i think i totally understand you know when you're a child actor as well i can imagine how easily the 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 joy of that would just be sucked right out of you yeah you know because like he was being interviewed and he was he was asked what his favorite role was that he did yeah and he said that that one i forgot the fucking name of it the one where it's the is it the hitman's apprentice or something like that it's called yeah i think so it's, it's, it, it, it is fucking it's a mental movie well the, so the, there's a couple of things because obviously you know he gets to play this sort of crazy homophobic character as well which is you know out of the norm for him he's like yeah this is probably i mean i've not really seen rupert grint in much else other than harry potter so you know it was nice for me to see them this sort of grown man actor if you will like take on like proper stuff rather than this sort of fantasy wizard world um, and and just get to be like a bit wild and a bit interesting. There's an issue I have with this though and it's an issue that's plagued, I think, cinema for decades, right? Why do they get British actors to play Americans? Why can't you just be British? Because they love having a bad British guy. They just love it. Yeah, but he's not British in the movie. I know, but still they hear the accent like, oh, bad guy! Yeah, I know. So let him be bad guy British in the film. I, I understand this. I agree with you. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I've been to America. They've got a thing where they've fucking terrified a Scottish folk for some reason, and I think all English folk are trying to kill them. I well, don't know they, why. They might but be right that's about what they think. Hmm, hmm, I wonder why. <laughs> I don't think it's just Americans that have that thing about English people. <laughs> but the Scottish thing. Like I was asking a guy, I'm like, why? Why you fucking like? Why? Are you scared of Scottish and Irish folk? Because they're all psychos, they're all alcoholics, they're all fucking this, they're all that. And I'm like, no. Um, just as I'm away to take a sip of my third rum of the afternoon and it's like half past four. When I was talking about I was necking a Guinness in one so they could put it on the screen at Disney. <laughs> like it's prank. But aye, aye, yeah. Um, there's also this moment, I think it's actually quite a funny moment. Uh, where they're trying to break into the house and I think it's Andrew is having this sort of fist fight with Redmond and he's getting the better of him. Because Andrew's himself is, like you say, he's definitely the sort of more physical, physically able one of the couple, right? Yeah. So he gets the better of Redmond in a fight and then he just turns around and there's Batista. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, okay, fuck. <laughs> 
I lost him, but I did laugh at that bit because he just looks at him like, ah, balls. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we've obviously talked about, you know, how sympathetic and polite and things Leonard is, but then you've also got, like, Adrian, who's, you know, initially I thought she was maybe going to be a bit of a fucking cunt, but, you know, she she turns out to be just this sort of scared person. And you've got Sabrina, the, even during the fight, in that initial fight, she's trying to help, like, heal Eric when he bumps his head. Like, Don't this, move him! This is literally what I'm saying, though. Like, this is in such stark comparison to a couple of movies that we've covered lately, where, you know, they're just such sympathetic villains. Uh. Uh, see, that's the thing. They're, you keep saying villains, and it, I can't hear Dean in air quotes, but it's, it's there, there. there's nobody in this movie that's a villain. That's the weirdest thing about yeah. this movie. So you do feel for everyone. You can see it from both sides. If you watch it multiple times, you can see the precise moments that they're all fucking changing and everything, why they're fucking doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it's it's... It's one of those movies that's really it makes you think about certain stuff, and you see different things each time you're watching it. Yeah, I think as well. Like, so, sorry, just on a wee side note, because I'm just looking at one of my notes. Is it bad? <laughs> this might be what gets us cancelled. Is it bad? There was a point where they were, te- but they were getting told one of you has to sacrifice the other. Where I was just like, just sacrifice the kid. You can get another one. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> No? See, I, I was on the opposite for the said you've got to sacrifice <laughs> one of the other eats. I'm like, well, I'm keeping a kid. You're fucked. That's uh, <laughs> what I was thinking. Wow. Well, we can see where our priorities lie in life, Nico. <laughs> like, put it this way, I'd, I'd be thinking it, it's between me and the dude. Yeah. Like, the kid is safe. I'll tell you where I'm going to put it. So... Obviously, right up until this point, I think we've been we've been very very complimentary about this movie. Yeah. However, there is a couple of things that minorly annoy me about this, right? So, I'm gonna we'll start off with the with the plagues, right? Right. Because I feel in this situation the plagues should have gotten sort of steadily worse and worse as they go yeah. on and initially you've got like the earthquake and the tsunami that's the first plague right and that's that's obviously horrific and lots of people dying and blah 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 i do kind of like sorry just to just to sidetrack i do kind of like how the like they turn on the tv and it's like the wrong earthquake yeah like i thought that was a little amusing as well anyways and then, obviously, I think as it goes on, it should be like more like the second one is this big sort of virus. Obviously, you know, probably with a reference to the COVID pandemic that we went through. I think uh, called, the X nine. X nine. But what they do is, I think they should have saved that one for last because they specifically say in that like VT they play that it affects children under ten. And I think that would have played on the that should theoretically have played on the heartstrings a lot more because the next plague is just planes falling from the sky. But the planes falling from the sky is every fucker dying on that. That's definitely affecting babies, kids. No, 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 you absolutely. It, it's affecting but everyone. The, for me, the pandemic thing is worse because that's solely affecting, or not solely, but the majority affecting children under ten. You know. See, I, I, I think the opposite way around, right? So the virus obviously it's a virus right mm. that is just starting to take effect you don't know how long it's actually taking effect to kill folk yeah. 
You know what I mean? You always see a couple of bodies in that one. Whilst the planes fall out of the sky, it's insta-death for everyone. And when it when everything goes back to normal, the folks that are infected are being cured and the, the bodies have stopped piling up very, very quickly, they said. Yeah. They, were, they were pushing folk at the hospital. There was only like 20 bodies outside, you know what I mean? Whilst the planes, there's a lot more than 20 folk dying in just one plane. No, no, no. I, I get what you're saying. I get. I think for me, it was more that it was more a sort of not maybe a scale of disaster, but a heartstring tug. Like for this uh, this couple, it's clearly you know the survival of their child is paramount, right? So yeah. I thought I felt that in this situation, that would be the one to tug on their heartstrings a lot more. I felt like that would be the more convincing one, you know. I, I get that, but it's the nature turning on itself, you know, that's yeah. the whole thing with the planes. Yeah. That's the point where you're like, right, this is biblical. You yeah. know what I mean? I also want to point out this this, this stage as well, because it's something, this, this is something that I think will definitely turn a lot of people off from this movie. This is very much a slow burn movie. There isn't a lot of super exciting things that happen in this movie. And when I was doing research and getting people's opinions, one of the things I kept seeing leveled at this movie was, this movie is really boring. And I think for people who need... because And it's, it's a totally valid opinion, but there are people out there who need their movies to be sort of fast-paced and exciting and interesting. If that's the case, Knock at the Cabin isn't for you. So the fifth time I watched this was when I was starting to get bored. I mean, because that's not bad. Exactly, and the amount of space I've watched it in, you know yeah. what I mean? That is, because there was always other things in it that I was noticing. I think, I, didn't notice the previous I think it's time. probably safe to say though that you might not watch this movie again for quite a while. Not for a very fucking long time. <laughs> like, I will highly recommend this, but the amount of times this got pushed back for us has just put me right off it right yeah. now. That's the only problem with it. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a me and you thing, though. Um, yeah, I blame you totally for that. I think I think as well, an issue that seems to have arisen with this is it just. For as much as I lo- I I really like this movie, I'm gonna give this movie a really good score at the end of the day, but there's something. Um, that seems to just be like it's not been particularly memorable for people and i think that kind of slow burn nature hasn't really helped it you know obviously yeah. at the end of every year you know we do our horror awards and we're you know we're starting to sort of we're maybe only like a month or so out from kicking off our, well we kind of i kind of tried to half kick off a couple of them uh, earlier this week just because we have so much to do for it yeah um but you know, we're kind of getting into that season and Knock at the Cabin kind of feels like a movie that's just been forgotten about. It's definitely going to fall through the cracks. I think it's definitely, yeah, 100%. You know, I think when you look at movies that came out this year, you know, Evil Dead Rise is going to be one of the big hitters. For better or for worse, Scream 6 is going to be one of the big hitters. I can imagine Saw 10 when that comes out being what You know what I mean? Like, these are the movies that are going to stick in people's minds. And I yeah. just don't think... I there There's no moment in this movie. Like, you know, every movie that sticks in people's mind has that moment, right? And you think about it. You think about all those great classics that happened over the years you know i mentioned it earlier the texas chainsaw massacre right it has that big you know um leather face reveal moment you know where he slides back that door and he puts 
his victim on a hook and yeah you know, and it has that moment in the earlier in the movie with the hitchhiker you know there's 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 moments in movies and i don't think there's a specific moment in this movie that people will go oh that's the movie where such and such happened yeah th- and- this movie it this movie is one of those movies where the directors went i am going to make you feel for every single person so you there isn't anything in it to give you that moment if yeah. that makes sense yeah. there's nothing where you're like oh fuck what a shame for them well like don't get me wrong what's happening is a shame but it needs to be done yeah well this is like this is probably one of my last points before i'll let you finish off anything you've got to say and we'll move on but we haven't really talked about m night Shyamalan because he is a again much like a, i think this is the first of his movies that we've covered i don't think we've covered anything else with him in it but he's a he again he's a very polarizing director and writer oh yeah um how do you gen how do you feel in general about his stuff like i like a lot of his stuff like i love the glass split i love all those ones mm-hmm. you know what i mean but like what's that one with the tiger again the tiger yeah in the boat Life of Pi? That wasn't him. <laughs> oh, okay, I'll tell you. Because <laughs> um, I, I, fucking, I fucking hate that one, and everyone always fucking says that's a great movie. Of, uh, just, um, I just want to quickly make sure he wasn't like associated with it in some way. That was directed, though, by uh, Anjali, and he's not down as a writing credit. Uh, maybe he got... Maybe, I don't know if he was a producer on it or something, but I think you're confusing that with someone else. That's alright, that's fine. I'm hopeful I am. Because I liked, like, I liked Unbreakable and... Uh, well, let me just run got? through some films, because he's done, obviously, uh, like you said, the un- Unbreakable, uh, Split, Glass sort of thing. I think Split's a great fucking film. Um, Love Split. I think uh, James James McAvoy is fucking awesome in that movie. Um, and, and at the very end, where the link it to Unbreakable is just yeah. fucking genius. Um, the Sixth Sense, which, you know, I think has that you know that let's the sixth sense has that moment you know i see dead people right that has that moment where people go that's, yeah you know oh what's which film's the sixth sense again i see dead people oh yeah okay you know yeah. signs has that moment you know when he's watching the, the the news and you see the alien come across the screen signs which one's that one again the one with the crop circle oh the one with the water yeah yeah um yeah uh, you know however and you know he's like obviously splitting glass i've not watched old yet which is his movie that came out a couple of years ago but i've heard very very mixed things about it um yeah i've, I've been told on one hand it's his best one i've been told by other folk it's his worst well it and can't be his worst. like the same movies but however i do believe that m night Shyamalan is responsible for one of the worst movies of all time which is the oh hap- oh i know this I know this. Is it not fucking... What's it called? Because he did a comic and it was fucking gosh. It was The Happening. Nah, fucking... No, there's a comic book and he did, I'm sure. Uh, no, I don't think so. Did he not? I don't see it in his... I don't see it in his credits. Um, anyways, The Happening, which stars Mark Wahlberg, is potentially one of the biggest pieces of fucking shit... Uh, Which one's the happening again? Uh, the happening is um, where there's a plague that's spread by like 
plant that causes people to commit suicide. Okay. And it's fucking... Like, normally I would be like, you know what, go make your sort of own sort of conclusions about it. Nico, uh, you don't you don't want to watch the happening. It's so bad. So... Ringing a bell. Is that the thing in the train? The train? Um, I'm not no. sure. No, I don't think so. No, it's not. No. Um, but the... anyway, it's really bad. Anyways, um, but in general, I would say I'm quite a big fan of M Night Shyamalan's work. So, and I think for me personally, I think Knock of the Cabin's like a top tier movie for him. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where I would go with that. Anyways, Nico, I'm done. We've talked okay. about this movie for much longer than we've talked. We talked about this movie for longer than we talked about The Thing. Jesus. <laughs> and we both love The Thing. You know, it's it's the movie that knocks Lost Boys out the top ten. Of course we love it. I'm not even I'm not even responding to that. <laughs> uh, is there anything else about Knock at the Cabin that you would like to bring up and discuss before we move on? I did like how they refer to them as the Four Horsemen and I like how they changed what the Four Horsemen were all about. Yeah. No, that's a good point that you bring up. I've got a couple of uh, I've got some sort of Four Horsemen uh trivia as well. But it, it, I because obviously, you know, for for people who are switched on and watching this movie, you will realize that that's what they're sort of going for, aren't they? But I do kind of like that they just outright state it. Aye. Uh, oh, what is it again? He says it, does he? Yeah, he literally says they're the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Aye, uh, but he, he he refers to them in the way they are as well. Does he? Ah, uh, do you need to say, like, anger and shit like that? Oh, yeah, uh... I can't remember what it is, but he says the yeah, four names malice, instead. It's malice. Malice, um, not anger, fear, sorry. Yeah. Um, healing and guidance. Oh, okay. I think, I think that's how he recognizes it. Um, one other thing I want to say before we move on. I'm actually a little surprised about how high you are in this movie because one thing this movie does do is something that you don't... It doesn't explain a huge amount. Well, that's part of its charm, though, because it doesn't say it's God. It doesn't say it's some deity from God knows when. Yeah. It doesn't say it's a religion, really. It could, be, it, it could be the Illuminati. It, yeah, like it, it, it doesn't specifically say what. Listen, we all know it's, it's brought fucking, it about. We all know it's the fucking Scientologists, okay? <laughs> if it was them, there'd be spaceships involved. You're totally wrong. <laughs> and Tom Cruise jumping off of one of them in an action hero kind of way. That's why they've got Tom Cruise to put him in a fighter plane. He was taking all the planes down. <laughs> there you go. See, it was the fucking Scientologists. <laughs> Anyways, they, um, they've programmed him now. He just puts the headset on, <laughs> dun, 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 and then he just starts killing people in planes. Dun, 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 dun. Anyways, um, no, I I agree with you. I'm I I think it's part of the charm of this film. But obviously, I know you're someone who, in general, likes likes things to be explained out. Uh. Okay. Anyways, anything else? So. No? Did the whole thing with the grasshoppers as well at the start? Uh huh. That's quite cool. That's the whole man 
myth thing that they're doing with that, like, I'm a god to you. You noticed that, did you? Yeah. Ah, that's all right. <laughs> I, 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 I quite like that as well. I think as well, though, that opening scene, to, to maybe not look at it in such a figura- figurative sense, that, I, I really like that opening scene because there, I know we've kind of briefly talked about it and, you know, the air of sort of intimidation that there is at that scene. But it also immediately shows that soft side of Leonard. Yeah. So that's you know, what I was about to say. There's also that so, moment, because yeah. there's that moment later in the film where he delivers, like, the final ki- the final strike that kills Redmond, and he immediately goes and throws up as well, which uh, you wouldn't... You know, so, like, we're constantly being shown, like, this is just, like, a gentle giant that's being forced, almost, into doing this horrific thing, but yeah. he's all. it's also not horrific because it's to save all mankind. Yeah, because so... it's like, I like the symbolization of it because plain and simple, it's like, yeah, I'm a god to this insect, but he instantly says, oh, uh, let them settle down a bit yeah. so they don't get scared with a new one coming in, yeah. which shows that he is actually being kind to just an insect, yeah. you know what I mean? We haven't really talked about as well, sorry, because I know, I know we're sort of going on a bit, but we haven't also talked about, you know, him actually killing himself at yeah. the end of the movie and there's that scene where you know he and I, I i i genuinely feel bad for him you know yeah at this point because he obviously knows what's coming he he he, he wants to do it outside he sits on the porch and he's sort of talking to them about you know why he's doing th- why he's doing this and blah, blah blah and then obviously he slits his own throat um but i, I like that part as well because he goes it's not like he says right we're taking this outside he's like I'd like to do this part outside if that's all right with you. Yeah, and you're like, but this again, that's what I was saying earlier. You know, it's just constantly that level of sort of polite courtesy, isn't there? Yeah, and it's fucked up, but so good. Yeah. Okay. Right. Let's move on to our next segment because we've talked. I think we may have talked about this movie more than we've talked about any other movie, which just shows the sort of level of sort of thought. Pro- I. I think that's a sign of the quality of this film. Anyways, yeah. we'll move on and we'll talk about a little bit of trivia. I'm sure if we bashed your head in, all sorts of secrets would come tumbling out. As always, we'll start off with the finances of the movie. According to IMDb, this movie had a budget of $20 million and grossed at the minute. I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming it's not still showing in places, but, you know, this is a brand new 2023 release i think it's been out for five months now in total uh so uh, it did is it not doing the release thing on amazon just now where you pay for it on amazon yeah so you know it's still it's still being distributed across uh still making money basically yeah. making money but according to imdb at the minute it's grossed 54.7 million dollars so i mean not like uh like a fucking home run success financially but as you said it's still making money it's definitely a movie that's made profit because even if you say you know the marketing and like distribution of this movie i think usually in general you kind of go by the budget it's the budget again right yeah so even if you said it was the budget again this movie still made money it's still making money and given the fact that it's also only been out for about five months I think that's a pretty good sign that this was a, a successful movie. What I really like as well, and, you know, this is something I generally don't really normally say because I generally don't care, 
But there's something quite nice about this movie because it's just it, it this is just a one movie hitting like hit and go. There's no sequels yeah. to this to be had. There's no remakes to this to be had. This is just a movie. This is just going to be there, and that's it. This 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 IP is done. And See, I get... the thing is, it could have a follow up to it because you don't know for the next family that's going to have to go through this is. Yeah, of course, but I don't, I don't, I, I don't think there will be. I know, but it would be quite interesting if they did it. No, but I, I just kind of like the fact that you know what we've just got in this movie. That's what this movie is. It was really fucking good, and that's it. We're just gonna let it go. Yeah. So I like that. Anyways, um, couple of bits of trivia. Uh, this obviously was based on the twenty eighteen novel, uh, "The Cabin at the End of the World" by Paul Tremblay, who's obviously got a writing credit for this movie. At the premiere of this movie in some cinemas at the entrance the spectators were asked to give up something they cared for for the entire duration of the film um if you chose yes then your smartphone was bagged and sealed and handed to you in its still sealed envelope at the exit and you received a nice prize okay i'm assuming obviously I don't know what the prize is. I've tried desperately to search the internet and find out what the prize was, but I've 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 not found it. So if anyone I'm knows, guess what... I'm guessing it'd be family orientated, like a meal for the family or something. A meal for the or like... maybe, uh, maybe I don't know, like a, a photo frame or something. I don't fucking know. Um, if anyone knows what the prize was, then you know, get in touch with us on our social medias or email. Um, Everyone's a greedy bastard and addicted to their phone, so they never did it. That's why we'll never find out. That's true. Um, did you spot M. Night Shyamalan in this movie, by the way? I know he's there, but I can't remember where it is. He I is did, the I... infomercial... No, no, don't tell me. Oh, too late. He is the I infomercial uh, selling air fryers that appears before they go to the breaking news story. Yeah. I quite uh, like the air fryers bit as well, by the way. Yeah, it was kind of funny, wasn't it? Um... Love an air fryer. Oh, yeah. Uh, the release of this movie was originally set as well. It was actually brought forward by two weeks because they didn't want it to, to compete with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Probably a good idea. I think so. Um, and then obviously, but again... Say that, if, they, if they'd done it a couple of weeks after, it would have been better because Ant-Man and the Wasp was the biggest flop they've had in a while. You think it, they maybe would have uh, cut... Um, captured sort of people being generally a bit fed up yeah because there's not to compete with after that yeah anyways um obviously you know we've talked a lot about the four horsemen and the four visitors in this movie obviously represent the four horsemen of the apocalypse um they're each wearing a different colored shirt as well if you've noticed that represents what they are so uh, redmond is wearing a red color to represent sort of anger um Sabrina is wearing yellow, Adrian's wearing blue, and Leonard are is wearing white. It's mentioned, um, by the way, in the movie as well. What's that? It's mentioned as well. What, their shirt colours? Yeah, the, uh, the, when we all met up and we were all wearing the colours that we had when we saw the thingy, one of yeah. them says. So yeah, as I said, each colour representing the portrayal of the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, so Leonard's white for guidance... Uh, Redmond is red for malice. Uh, Sabrina is yellow for healing, and Adrian is blue for nurturing. 
Um, and if you look at, uh, I think it's Andrew's t-shirt, it has elements of all of those colours in it, which apparently was a clue that he would be the one who survives as well. Oh, I never noticed that. So, there you go. Um, that's all I've got trivia-wise. Not a huge amount of trivia, as expected, because new movies generally don't carry a huge amount of trivia online. Have you got anything else that you know about this movie, Nico? Uh, no. No? Okay. Let's move on then to our final segment, and we're going to do the ratings and the reviews. A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. As always, we'll start off with the critics' scores. Now, um, we're gonna, I'm gonna kick, I'm not gonna tell you the IMDb and Metacritic ratings, because I think there's something really interesting about the ratings for this movie. So I'm gonna let you guess the Rotten Tomatoes critics uh, and Rotten Tomatoes audience scores first this week. Oh, that normally fucking gives me a hint, you think? I know, but there's, there is something really interesting about all of the ratings. Mm. I'll say about uh, audience about 68-70%. Yeah, okay. and I think the critics will be round about that as well, so I'll say 66-67. You are almost, you're so close. So the Rotten Tomatoes critics, you're pretty much spot on, 67%. Um, I said 67. You said 66 first. Uh, the I said 66 or 67. I got that one right. I'm claiming that one. Fuck you, you said 66. That means 66 and a half. You know that. Um, the Ron Tomorrow's audience scoring at 63%. But what's really oh, interesting, so it's, so it's essentially a 6.7 and a 6.3. What's really interesting is IMDB scored this a 6.1 and Metacritic has it at a 6.3. And if you go around, I'll read out our listener scores, but our listeners on average gave this a 6.5. They are all almost in identical agreement on the score of this movie. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting because I think that's such a... Even if you look through the history of all the episodes that we've done on this podcast, I don't think you'll find a movie that maybe barring like the top of the top and the bottom of the bottom, yeah. I don't think you'll find a movie that's so universally agreed on by like listeners and critics. See, that's weird because I thought the listeners would have been higher. Hmm. Um, the critics consensus on Rotten Tomatoes says, although it's often less than scary and parts of the story don't bear scrutiny, Knock at the Cabin is a thought-provoking chiller and upper-tier Shyamalan, with the audience saying the plot might be a little underwhelming, but solid acting and plenty of suspense make Knock at the Cabin a decently entertaining watch. I think generally what both of them are saying is they wish that a little bit more had been explained. I think that's what's sort of the general consensus coming out of it. Yeah. Uh, as I said, obviously we've already given our sort of general listener score, but you obviously gave us some some words to go along with those. So um, let's read what some of you guys had to say. And uh, Neurospiced gives it a seven out of ten. Definitely worth a look. Interesting take on the Four Horsemen narrative. Solid acting. Horror fan Ryan. Uh, a good solid seven for me. Nothing groundbreaking here, but I still had fun with it. I thought it was pretty well acted also. Definitely worth a watch. 
Boomer has given it an 8 out of 10. It's one of the best and most unique takes on cosmic horror and home invasion. Dave Bautista gives one of the best performances of the year. Uh, Billy Walker gives it a solid 7 for me. I think it drags a little in the middle and has a lot of stalling, but when it puts the pedal down, it's a blast of a movie. Films and Fermentation also gives it a solid 7. I never thought of all the wrestlers turned actors that Dave Bautista would be the one making interesting choices. I'm excited to see where he goes next. I know. Uh, Sarah Marie so gives I know. Sarah Marie gives it a 6 out of 10. Wasn't my favourite. I was glad I saw it. It had an interesting concept, but I felt like it kept me guessing for too long. Uh, Ross from the General Witchfinders podcast gives it a 7 out of 10. Loving Rupert Grint 2.0. A good, accessible M. Night film that isn't too slow or too long. Just a little bit disappointed with the ending. Don't know why. And how did the TV channels get the footage of people's phones? <laughs> Obviously, trying to figure out the plot holes there. Decide that film podcast gives it a 6. Performances are great, but the overall story didn't land well for me. And the Movies You Missed podcast also gives it a 6. Enjoyable thing. So as you can see... All of those people giving so, it sixes, sevens, and eights. Now, there was people who gave... I a, can explain the phone footage. Go for it. I mean, they could have just live-streamed it to, like, a Right, friend. so... It's exactly what I was about to say. Because oh. you know how much folk live-stream fucking shit nowadays. Yeah. Especially the Tsunami, right? The Tsunami getting live-streamed, 100% you'd catch up nowadays. Because yeah. as I was somebody on a beach with their phone out. Yeah. Oh, look at me, look at me. Oh, fuck, I'm dead. <laughs> Okay. Um, as I said, everyone there giving it six, sevens, and eights. There was someone who gave it a one out of ten. Obviously, it didn't a movie that just didn't hit for them, um, but they only gave a score. What's that? They're a cunt. Oh, they're a cunt. Okay. <laughs> um, but in general, everyone, everyone, critics, our listeners, the audience, everyone, generally in agreement with this movie. So. That just leaves me and you, Nico. On a scale of 0 to 10, yeah. what are you going to rate Nog at the Cabin? So, my first time watching it, I was going to give it an 8.5. And I think I should really stick with that, because it's your fault I watched it more times. <laughs> <laughs> because because I was... Right, so 8.5 is what I'm giving it just now, but see, after watching it so many times, I'd probably give it about a 6, which is quite weird, because that's what most people give it. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I listen. So yeah, 8.5. Sorry, no, carry on with your explanation. I'm interrupting. 8.5. Okay. No, no, that's that's my explanation. Done. I think, 8.5. I think... It's well acted. It's a brilliant movie. The concept is amazing. Yeah. The way that they've got... Nobody is really the bad guy in it. Yeah. Really. Yeah. No, I, I really like all of those sort of factors as well. Um... I, listen, I don't think this movie had... I, this is where I do kind of sympathise with you, Nico, because I don't think this movie has huge rewatch value. Yes. <laughs> and you've now rewatched it ten times. Yeah. <laughs> like, ne needless to say, it'll be a while till I watch it again. Yeah. But I might give a rewatch in a couple but, of a, de a decade or two. I think uh, um, the overall. I really, really like the overall concept of this movie. I think it's very, very well acted. I think Dave Bautista gives another really incredible performance. He just continues to prove what a really, really fine actor he is. 
and I genuinely think he's one of the better actors. I, I could genuinely see him delivering a perf- like an Oscar-worthy performance one day. I would love to see that, because I think he genuinely did this perfectly. Like, yeah. he played it to perfection. So, I think he's someone who really, really understands his craft and just wants to deliver and play the best roles possible rather than being that person that's just just out there to sort of make tons of money of course he's going to make tons of money in the process he's obviously made tons of money from guardians of the galaxy and dune and everything else but he picks roles that he thinks are super interesting and i really really love that and respect that so uh, overall for me knock at the cabin i'm pretty much there with you nico i'm going to give it an eight out of ten so there you go, look, look, after a couple of weeks of uh, extreme disagreement, uh, we're very much back on the same page with Knock at the Cabin. Yeah, that's quite scary. Yeah. Is, that, is that like two weeks on a trot now? Mm, no, is it? What was our last episode? Oh, The Thing, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. we were both very high on it. Listen, I don't... We, we, we were agreeing the same way on theories of it and everything, it was fucking creepy. Yeah, I know, but there's, you can't say it's creepy just because we both love The Thing, it's one of the No, I'm saying it's creepy, I, that's not why I'm saying it was creepy, I'm saying we had the same fucking theories, we had the same fucking thoughts, we, like, we it was disturbingly Because it's such a... It's such like a conversational movie though. Maybe that's why we didn't spend as long on it as maybe I thought yeah. we would, because we actually like, we actually had even the, the sequel. Even the sequel, like yo, yeah. what do you think of the sequel? And I'm like, yeah, it was good, but it's nothing compared to this. Exactly what I thought. And I'm like, yep, yep, yep. I, oh, it's disturbing. actually a prequel, Nico. Did you know what I meant? <laughs> anyways all of our scores combined with your scores and the critic scores gives knock at the cabin a 6.9 out of 10 i listen i'm really happy that everyone's in agreement with this movie i still think that score's a little harsh yeah i think this deserves a better than a 6.9 however it puts it in 41st place of the now 81 movies that we've covered on the show uh it gives it the same score as krampus and megan Eh, I'd rather watch this over those two, but not right now. I'd probably rather watch the other two than this. I would Just definitely... <laughs> yeah, okay, I totally get what you're saying. I would definitely rather watch this than Megan. And like, what's really interesting is, though, like, there's a group of movies there at sort of, like, 40 to 42, 43 where I think we would both just love to see significantly higher up the leaderboard. So you obviously rated, right, we both love Krampus for yeah. what for what it is. We both scored that really highly with the qualifier that it's getting scored highly for the sort of subgenre that it's in, right? Yeah. Um, you obviously are a big fan of Megan. That's the outlier for me. I fucking hate that film. Knock at the Cabin, we've both scored really high. But if you look at the couple of movies that are just below Knock at the Cabin, so after Knock at the Cabin, you've got Event Horizon in 42nd yeah. place and House of a Thousand Corpses in 43rd. And I think as a sort of grouping of movies, we would both in general love to see both of them much higher up the leaderboard. See, I would like to see this higher on the leaderboard as well, I'm not going to lie. Oh no, no, I'm including this. this oh, okay, I've got This you. is included. Yeah. Like, this, that's what I'm saying. This is now added to this sort of weird grouping right in the middle of our table because it's 
and we yeah. 81 movies we've covered this is 41st so this is literally a midway point um yeah you know megan and knock at the cabin are currently straddling our sort of halfway line so i just thought that, was, that was interesting anyways quite, quite a unique version of it but yeah, yeah. We have very much rambled on for probably too long this week, um, but that is going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much to everyone who's tuned in. Don't forget, if you would like to support us across our social media platforms, you can do. We're on X at Damned Podcast. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Pod of the Damned. You can email us at podofthedamned at gmail.com and you can subscribe to us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Pod of the Damned. Up next on the show, it is my choice of movie next week. And Nico, I've been look. I, I, I've picked a movie, so that's good. Um, but I've picked, <laughs> I've picked a movie that I think, I think you love. I think you're good. I think you love this movie. I, I I'm hoping you've seen it because it's not. It's a famous one. But next week we're talking about the descent. The Descent? No, I've never seen it. Is that a lie? Like, I didn't again. She got caught in a carbon at the end, but okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm joking. She got, um, I've seen it. I've yeah. seen it. I haven't saw the second one, though. Oh, I, I suggest you do. Okay. Not for any particular reason, whether or not you think it's good or not, but I, I, suggest, I suggest you do. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me sound that makes me sound like I think it's really good I really don't but it's fine <laughs> that's why you're saying it is it pretty much um, so yeah anyways yes that's up next on the show um, I think I think that's it I don't think I've got any other plugs um, coming up though obviously on the show over the last couple of weeks we've been releasing more of our bucket list of horror episodes we've now released three of those we've already got a couple more recorded in the bag with more guests coming on i've been doing a little bit of work over the past week reaching out to some new potential guests as well so hopefully over the course of the next few weeks we'll have some new and exciting people on the show as well hopefully next week and we will be back to doing this live on our twitch channel obviously technical issues this week meant that we weren't able to although you're absolutely right nico because i just in the last 10 minutes did an internet speed test and my internet's working absolutely fine now <laughs> yeah I, I i did think if we'd left it till after five uh, i just wanted to get i just wanted us to get on I, I didn't want i couldn't delay knock at the cabin even by a couple of hours anymore even if it was just a couple hours i couldn't delay it anymore um so yeah, we'll hopefully be back live next week. Um, but also, we'll be doing lots of gaming streams over the course of the next couple of weeks as well. Um, I've been playing the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre game, Nico. Have you checked it out yet? No, I've not had time to play anything. I've been doing 12-hour shifts. Yeah, I, I, if, you get, if you get a spare couple of hours, I recommend checking it out. If you like things like Dead by Daylight. Um, but I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a significantly better version of DBD, so... I would definitely go check out that game if you have the chance to. Uh, we'll be doing a streaming a lot of that over the course of the next couple of weeks. Nico, I don't know um, if you've been seeing across the social medias, but I've been streaming some weird shit on the channel in the past couple of weeks. What's the worst thing you've done? Uh, uh, a few days ago, we did stream the 1986 National American Aerobics Championships. Why? <laughs> for shits and giggles was it as horrifying as it sounds yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've also been uh, analysing episodes of UK TV show Gladiators. Why? <laughs> oh, How is Wolf nowadays? I uh, Wolf is really good. He's like the old, he's like because I I was actually on stream. He's like the OG. I was on stream like analysing the life and careers of each of the gladiators, and he's actually no. like the most wholesome one. <laughs> Do you know they were at Comic Con in Aberdeen? Were they? Yeah, uh, Hunter Jet. Oh, what other ones? As I've said on the stream as well, every well, I mean, we're, every teenage boy loved Jet. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> I I I got a, my mother loved Hunter, so I got a signed fucking picture for him for her. Right. He's cool. like, and he's like, oh, I'll give you one for free as well. And gave me one. I'm like, oh, all right, fair enough. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> I no, thought it was quite thing, cool. Like, like, yeah, apparently, like, I think a lot of them are just genuinely, like, good people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, so we've been doing that on stream as well, just for, uh, you know, a bit of laugh. Apparently, I don't know if you've seen, there is a new ho- uh, there's a horror con coming to Aberdeen soon as well. Yes, sir. Um, I, I saw it. I, I wasn't actually aware of it, but I saw it advertised on my Facebook. Let me see if I can find the details for it, and I'll send them to you. Because that would be cool. Uh, like, it would be cool if we could both go to it. Ah, uh, and then review it type uh, thing. Yeah, and my new job is a lot more flexible with like getting time off and stuff. So hopefully if it means in the future that we'll be able to do a lot more of this kind of shit as well. So, Anyways, right, I really am rambling on now. Nico, thank you for joining me this week. Thanks for having me on again. No problem. Thank you once again to everyone who's downloaded and listened to this episode. And until next week on the Pod of the Damned, just remember, you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't.